Hey friend, today we're going to begin a new series that is going to go throughout a few weeks here in June. I just feel like it's a good time of the year to recalibrate. We have our kids most likely we're done with homeschool and even if you do a little more year round, oftentimes June is maybe a little bit of a downtime for you. Maybe taking the whole summer off. It's a, This is a good way to get started, to kind of refocus us and I feel like it's, there's, we have a little time to breathe. And so this series I am entitling Living Well, and I am basing it off of Colossians 3.23. Now, no matter where you are in your faith, I think that you will be able to relate to this verse and the deep inner desire that's in your heart. So I'm going to read to you from three different uh, translations because I feel like they all add a little bit. They change a word or two. That adds another layer as well as just a deeper scope to it. So again, this is Colossians 3.23. First, I'm going to read from the NIV, the New International Version. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were looking working for the Lord rather than for people. And the ESV, which is the English Standard Version, says, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Now, the next verse goes on to talk about the inheritance that you receive as a believer, which is the outcome of verse 23, which is working you know, with all your heart and focusing on working for the Lord as opposed to people. So I want to add that context of verse 24 because verse uh, 23 kind of ends, some of the versions end in a comma. And then it goes on as if continuing the, the sentence. And I know that we shouldn't take verses out of context, but I feel like this right now, the thought behind it, not as that it's taken out of context, we have the all the scriptures as well. But again, just it, this can kind of, it's the crux of what I kind of want to get at right here. So I just want to focus in and hone in on, on verse 23. So I'm going to focus right now on the ESV. That's the version that I tend to read in my quiet time. And again, it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. The other verses say, um, we know whatever you work at it with all your heart, uh, work willingly at whatever you do, and then whatever you do, work heartily. And then they all end with, you know, working for the Lord rather than for people, human masters or men. Same thing. People, I feel like is an overall general term that's more applicable to today's culture and our society and how, and how we speak. So. What does all of this mean? So as a stay-at-home mom, most of what we do is unseen to others. Even our husband, he can sense and feel the fruit of your days if he comes home and everybody is on edge and screaming and crying and there's just a tension in the air. He can sense that fruit of how the day went. He comes home and there is joy and there is peace and a calmness to the home. He can feel the fruit of that as well. So even if he doesn't see the day in, the day out, the nitty gritty, he can sense that as well. And overall, us as homeschool moms, we don't have a ton of accountability. So yeah, we have our state regulations, but again, in the day in and day out, nobody is there watching us, making sure that we have a good attitude towards our kids, you know, the child that is throwing a temper tantrum for the 10th time today, or maybe 10th time this hour. And in episode 35, I believe is, yes, 35, I talked a bit more about this, how to stay on track as a homeschool mom when no one's there to keep you accountable. So again, 
we're going to dive into this over the next couple weeks and your faith journey might be a different place than mine is. And again, if you have questions, you can always email me. I'm more than glad to answer them. But we're going to be talking about various roles and just all the different parts of us as a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. And today we're going to talk about the kind of the most important one, the top one, we'll say. But if you are feeling to yourself, you're listening to this verse and you're saying, you know, the NIV, whatever you do, work with all your heart or work willingly at whatever you do, uh, whatever you do, work heartily. And you say, Lee, I really don't, I don't feel that within me. I, I don't have that inner desire to work heartily, to work well, to live well, as I'm entitling this, because it's not just working well, I'm going to maybe take some um, liberties here <laughs> and entitle it living well, because I want to discuss all of the different roles. And in those roles, how do we work heartily? How do we work well? How do we work diligently? I'm going to throw that word in there, even though none of the translations say that. <laughs> But if this is an area that you struggle in, I'm going to encourage you to pray. Ask God for it. Tell him that you desire this. And I can assure you that he will honor that desire because that is a desire that is along with his will. It's, it's here in scripture saying that he wants you to work hard, to work heartily, to work willingly. And therefore, if you ask him to help you to do those things, he will. It's not going to be like a quick snap of the fingers and a quick change. I remember years ago, now this doesn't have to do with work heartily, but just the overall idea that when we ask God for something that is in line with his will, he will deliver. I was an extremely impatient young mom and just everything. And it could have been that season in life with not getting much sleep as well, but just very impatient. And I felt the Holy Spirit just stirring in me saying, you know, you're really impatient. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. And eventually it was like, okay, I really need to do something about this. And so I tried working on my own on how to be patient. And eventually I was like, yeah, this isn't going so well. So I was like, all right, Lord, please help me to be more patient and <laughs> be careful what you ask for, especially when you ask for patience, because almost immediately I was put into situations over and over again. I mean, to the ability that I could handle, that he could walk me through and I had to grow in that. But it would be like picking the wrong lane and the grocery store every single time or unloading my stuff. And then the person in front of me had a big issue and 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 it just took a long time to get a manager over. And here I am standing there with my kids and everything's on the conveyor belt. I'm not taking it back off. I mean, I know that sounds like a silly thing, but when you're in that season of life, it's not so silly when you have three kids and all they're doing is staring at the candy. Why do they put candy right there? But they're staring at the candy and they're about to flip out. And I'm like, can you quick just at least weigh the bananas so I can give my kids each a banana, please? Which, by the way, totally another aside. I feel like I'm going down rabbit trails here. But when they added those, the, the scales, the digital scales in the produce sections of grocery stores and you could weigh your produce on your own. That was one trick I did. I would go and weigh the bananas, put the sticker on the bag, and then whatever kids I had with me would each get a banana. So I would be paying for it, but it would buy me about five minutes or so maybe. But back to the patience thing, and then we'll get back to the living well in the verse. God just presented me with many different scenarios and situations where I was able to grow in the fruit of the spirit of patience. So if you are feeling like I don't feel that desire to work well, to work mightily, to work heartily, to work willingly, to work diligently, 
then I'm going to encourage you to pray and ask God and then be expectant to see how he grows that in you. Okay, back to the Colossians 3.23. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be diving into specific roles. Now, you know, our days as stay-at-home moms, we can have a plan on the way that we want it to go. And it tends to go off. (laughs) Our plans don't always happen exactly how they want. So the focus though is on our heart. Where is our heart focused during that time? And I'm going to talk about six prominent roles or areas. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about those six prominent roles and areas in our lives. And I'm still going to do the Q&A Monday. So don't worry. I know this feels like a little bit of a break from the homeschool but you're going to find out how this is going to help you with your homeschool. And again, right now during the summer, beginning of summer is a good time to do a little bit of heart work and a little bit of refocusing of our minds and our direction and our focus so that when we start back to the new homeschool year, we're in a better place as, as a mom, as a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. All right, so let's get into the number one today, right now. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Now, I decided to put these six, this list in order of prominence. My lists, unless they're steps, My lists aren't always in order, but I felt that this one needed to be. And I wanted us to focus first on, I'm going to say the most important because they all are important, but everything can fall underneath this. And underneath all of those roles is this one. So the first is, you know, living well, this is part one, and us as a woman of God. And I touched on partly a little bit about this in episode 48. So after this one, if you want to jump back and listen to that one, we discussed it a little bit. But at the end of each day, we are a woman. We're alone in our thoughts as we're drifting off to sleep. And we can often lose this part of our identity once we add a family. But before we had children and after our children launch, our identity as a woman of God is going to be, and it it was, and it's going to be much more prominent. And right now it's still right there under the surface. And if we take the time now during this season, while we are raising children and we are in the midst of homeschooling them, if we take the time now, when our children have launched, we're going to be in a much more settled place. Let's dive into, I'm going to say like, you know, living well, whatever you do, there's a couple specific areas that I feel really passionate about speaking into right now. So again, let's go over the verse one more time with, let's say the different translations together. We're going to mush them together. Okay. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, work willingly at whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily. And then the result, not the result, but the reason for it is that you're working for the Lord and you're not working for people. 
So I want us to remember as a woman of God is that we are created in the image of God, meaning that you have a mind and you have a soul. And I want to ask you a couple questions here. How are you stewarding your mind and soul? And how do you spend your time? Whatever we put into our mind is going to come out either out of our mouth or it's going to come out as actions. And so we really need to be very protective of what we put into our minds. And I have been guilty of this myself. I've always been very protective and cautious of the music my kids would listen to, the books that they would read, the shows and movies that they would watch. But then I kind of felt like I could have a free for all for myself. Like, well, I'm not watching the really bad stuff. I'm not listening to the really bad music, but just understand whatever does come into, come in through our ears, through our eyes, it does affect us. It affects our attitude. It can affect uh, the way that we react to our family and the way that we act. It can get into our words. We could find ourselves imitating maybe a character from a book that we're reading that really isn't a uh, have we'll say that character doesn't have good character (laughs) or a movie that we watch or a TV show, a Netflix show that we're binge watching. And it just is our little bit of escape in the evening. But how are you stewarding your mind and your soul? And how do you spend your time? So back to the binge watching and Netflix, I understand that at the end of the day, we can feel so drained and we just want some type of escape, but is an escape, is that Is that helping? Is that leading you to a better place? Some type of just escape not to have to think about anything. And this can be an escape in the form of the media that we consume, whether it's social media and just sending our evening scrolling, or it is on movies or videos, or we're uh, we're allowing alcohol to be the way that we escape a little bit from our mind and our thoughts and our days to help us ease ease whatever went on during that day. But when we're really stopping at the end of the day, I really do want you to ask, I want to ask, I'm going to say those questions two more times. How are you stewarding your mind and soul? And how do you spend your time? And the answer to those questions can be really hard, but only you know the answer to those questions. And I want to encourage you, if you want to pause this right now, you can, or at the very least after this episode, stop and ask yourself those questions and really, really acknowledge the answer to those and see what you need to do, what type of redirection you need to take. The second thing I want to touch on here is when it comes to whatever you do, I want you to embrace the femininity and softness that you add to the world. We know that our culture does not want to highlight that, or it does want to highlight it in a specific way, in their way of doing it, and sometimes and not other times. But we're going to ignore that because that's not how we, that's not how we operate as believers. We operate from a place that knowing, yes, God created man and woman in his image, and he has given man certain physical uh, characteristics and attributes and women as well. And so we understand our bodies are different and something simple like my husband and I moving furniture. It's, uh, by the way, it's fantastic having teen boys. I don't have to move furniture anymore. I'm like, James, <laughs> can you guys move this? And I make sure I do it when my teens are around and I know it'll come back to me. Otherwise it was just me, but just little things. Um, this is, you know, kind of silly, just moving 
moving something, moving a couch on my own I, when my kids were little and James wasn't home. Or some people of furniture, like, how did you move that? I'm like, listen, y- you got to use what you got. And what I've got is the center of me. And it looked ridiculous, but mm-hmm, I scooched that whole thing over. I didn't really use my arms too much. Let's say I used, you know, from the middle all the way down and I got that thing moved. Whereas he would just go and use his arms and pick it up and move it. It's just the way God created us different. And how amazing is that? And we have a femininity, a softness, a, and it's, it's in a softness as well as physical softness, as well as an emotional softness that we get to add to the world. So I've, I just mentioned I have teen boys, two teen boys, and I'll, I still give them hugs and kisses. And sometimes they'll let me do it even in public. I mean, I'm, I'm not weird about it or anything. And I, and I let them set, kind of set those boundaries, but they are always open to, you know, they went on a youth group retreat in the winter and they both came and gave, they came up to me and gave me a hug before I left. I held back on the kisses, but I'll give them a kiss on the cheek at home and they'll kind of shrug or wince. And I'm like, yes, I know it was very, very painful. <laughs> But I know that they still need it. They need that physical touch. They, I know that in their heart that they appreciate it because they will sometimes come and seek me out and just stand next to me. And I know they just want to hug. And and when those times where they're like, oh, mom, I'll say, you know what? What if the world was all full of men? And they're like, yeah, we wouldn't have to give hugs or anything. We wouldn't have to. I'm like, yeah, but she really wouldn't get any hugs. You know, like you maybe get a little bit of a hug from dad and y'all would wrestle or something. I was like, besides the fact that there wouldn't be any more generations, but that's beside the fact. But I was like, if everybody was all tough like men and had no emotions, no, that's a whole nother part of the femininity and softness is that we as women have emotions. We added an emotional aspect to the world. Sometimes we can get a little over emotional, but we add just, we add, I feel like we add so much more color to the world. Uh, just by being female. And so I want you to embrace that femininity and the softness that we add to the world. So the third thing here is we have been given the gift of many roles, and we're going to go into all of those different roles, and we're going to pour into them later. But as women, when we do, when we work at whatever we do, work at it well, work willingly, work heartily, we have many roles. And I don't think that I mean, men do have, yes, they do have roles, but women, I feel like our roles are just like a big mush. There's lots of overlap for all of those different roles. And we need to be thankful for all those roles. The role of, you know, just as a woman of God, as a, as a wife and as a mom and as a friend and as a community member and a church member and whatever, whatever you're a part of, just all these different roles, you're, you're also a daughter. You could be a sister as well, an aunt, maybe a grandma. We need to embrace the various different roles that we have been given and to really be thankful for those and think about every single role, which we're going to go into in the next couple of weeks, every single role I get to work at it with all my heart. I get to work willingly at it. I get to work heartily at each and every one of those roles. And I'm going to bring in that femininity and that softness that I add to that I add to the world. I'm going to add that to every single role that I have been blessed with. One last thing I want to add here when we're talking about embracing and living well in the fact that we are a woman of God and we're going to do, we're going to do that role. We're going to live that role out well, is I want to encourage you, mama. I want you to 
not compare. I want you to stop comparing. Don't compare. Don't look down on yourself. Embrace who you are. Now, there's a caveat that if, you know, who we are is somebody that is rude and negative and lies, you know, if if we're embracing the parts of us that are sinful, then then no, that's actually <laughs> that's actually not right. That is sinful. What we should do is though to embrace the way that God has made us in our personality. So little things like embracing our style. One example would be, I am pretty much just like a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl, just solid color, not all colors, because I know not all colors look good on me. We're not, if you ever see me in a red shirt, actually, I, I stopped doing that years ago at Christmas. I would get like a red sweater. I'm like, no, that just looks awful on me. I don't, I don't have the coloring for that. And I'm going to admit that. And that's okay. Again, this is accepting, <laughs> accepting the way that God has created me, but embracing your style. So I'm just more of a simple jeans and t-shirt, maybe some sandals, sneakers, something like that. But I absolutely love like an eclectic style, an artsy boho and, you know, um, jewelry, bracelets and earrings. I'm like a, I've got my wedding ring and my engagement ring and maybe some hoop earrings. And that's it. Maybe I'll wear a, a bracelet, but if I like, and then a necklace, that's too much. It's too much for me. But I love when I see women who have more, I don't want to, as if it's a bad, like a funky or like I said, boho or just an artsy kind of style. And I'm like, Ooh, I wish I had the confidence to carry that out. My daughter kind of has that a little bit. And I'm like, Ooh, I like that. And along with this, we should encourage women to embrace their style and their uniqueness Embrace the body shape God has given you. Yes, we should take care of it. We are a temple of God and we should um, eat well. We should exercise and not allow that to be an excuse. Oh, I'm made this way. But just accepting that there's going to be some flaws in it. It's okay. And then also to accept somebody else in the way that they carry themselves and they dress and their body type in their personality. Some of us are a little bit louder and rowdier, and some of us are a bit quieter and kind of just stay to the background. And some people are out in the limelight. Embrace what that is, as long as it's not being in a way that's sinful, I guess. We're just going to just cut straight to it. <laughs> Remember that God has given you a personality and he has placed you right where you are. And this also, the opposite can be, you know, God has given you personality. Don't hide it. Be who he has created you to be. He has you where you are to be a light where you are. And you're going to be able to reach people and say, well, you know, I'm not as outgoing as that, as that other, as that other friend of mine. I really like, I wish I could be more like that. You know, she's going to reach some people. She's going to befriend some people. And you who has just more of a calmer, just, you know, shyer personality, you're going to be friends and you're going to get to know and you're going to be able to reach out to people that aren't going to respond well to her. And that's that's the beauty of it all. And I really want you to not compare yourself. Our society is so into comparison and it's so easy to get into that. And when we look down on ourselves, we're actually denying the woman that God has created us to be and the woman that we can be and the fact that we can work well at whatever we are doing. We can work well as a woman of God. So let's go over those real quick. So we are created in the image of God. So let's work well at 
at being that by stewarding our mind and our soul well and spending our time well. Let's embrace our femininity and the softness that we get to add to the world. Let's recognize that we've been given the gift of many roles and that we should be thankful for those and to pour into every one of those. And the last is that we need to stop comparing ourselves to others. Let's learn from others. Let's embrace others the way that God has created them to be and realize that comparison just puts up a wall between us and somebody else. So don't compare and don't look down on yourself. Embrace your style, embrace your, your uniqueness. And now maybe you've listened to this and you're saying, you know what, Lee, I'm feeling lost in myself in being a woman of God. I'm feeling lost in who I am and who I could be and, and who I was. And with the homeschooling, I just, I, I've lost all that. I don't, I don't know who I am even more. I want you, friend, I want you to reach out through Clarify Your Homeschool. In Clarify Your Homeschool, we are going to create a unique plan for your family. And this plan is going to free you up to stop ignoring this side of you. You, There is the time in the day to remember that you are still a woman underneath it all. But if our days are so off track and we are just in a defense and reactionary mode when it comes to raising our children to our motherhood and specifically to our homeschooling, then we don't have the the time to pour into ourselves. We don't even have the time to say, you could say, I don't know if I'm stewarding my mind or soul well. I'm, I'm doing not anything negative and not anything positive. Well, mama, let's get you doing some things that are positive. Let's get you, as I said in a previous episode, you can't pour from an empty cup. We need to fill our cups up and clarify your homeschool. We're going to fill up that cup that you have and we're going to equip you so that you know how to homeschool well. Homeschool your family, not the neighbor's family down, a couple houses down, not your friend from church, not some other person from some, you know, uh, online Facebook group or something like that. We're going to talk specifically about your family. What are the needs? Where are the gaps? So that you have the time, Mama, to be able to fill your cup up a bit because you can't pour from an empty cup. Trust me, I've tried it. (laughs) And by putting together Clarify Your Homeschool, I really, this again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is what I wish that I had. It is the foundation that you can now build your homeschool upon for years and years to come. You have lifetime access to the course. You have lifetime access to the amazing a group of other mamas that are in the course. You have access to calls and being able to ask questions to me, all, all of these things so that you can homeschool well and that you then can embrace who God has created you to be and to have the time to pour into that, to be able to steward your mind and your soul well. And also that fourth one there, let's get away from comparison. That's a huge thing. Let's figure out what is best for you and your family. So go ahead over to clarifyyourhomeschool.com. And this was fun. I really enjoyed getting into the uh, part one here. And I'm going to see you back here on Thursday for part two. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.